0: Welcome to the african turf academy mega interview series my name is andrew mckenna and i'm the founder of the african turf academy i look forward to taking you through the series and talking to various role players in the golf and turf industry here he is
1: hi andrew how are you doing
0: good camera how are you
1: yeah very well thank you very well what's the,
0: what's the time there eight o'clock
1: uh yeah it's eight p.m Okay, good stuff.
0: All right, Cameron, I've just got to do some formalities quickly because uh, we put this into a podcast and then uh, and we put it on YouTube and everything. So just to bookend it, uh, my name's Andrew McKenna. I'm the founder of the African Turf Academy. I started a series in uh, lockdown um, in South Africa, which is now going on for far too long. But um, just to showcase the different opportunities in the turf and golf industry. Uh, today, we've got Cameron Campbell, who's... Uh, uh, from St Andrews in Scotland, but in uh, in Australia, pursuing his golfing career. So we're going to hear about his journey um, through his short uh, career. So Cameron, before I before we start, I'm going to kick off with a couple of simple questions: uh, the, open yeah. the, master, the Open or the Masters? The Open
1: or the Masters? Has to be the Open.
0: Okay, uh, Jack or Tiger?
1: It has to be Jack. I don't okay. think anyone's going to beat his record.
0: Okay. And um, rugby or football? Rugby. Rugby. Okay. All right. So, um, tell us a little bit about you. How you got into golf? Uh, and and I'm going to. I know you're you're uncertain about your future, where you want to end up. But uh, tell us about your uh, your your how you got into into the game and where your career is at now.
1: Yeah, so um, I suppose quite a long story. I uh, got brought up on a golf course, uh, well, very close to a golf course. Um, oh, sorry, I've uh, turned around there. <laughs> uh, my dad was uh, director of estates at the golf course. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, – got brought up all the way to the age of nine um, there down in Cheshire in England um, at Devere Resort called Carden Park, a 36-hole – one of them being a Nicholas Design golf course. Um, And then at the age of nine, we moved up to Scotland, um, where my dad was director of estate and operations, I think, um, at the Dukes Golf Club. Um, So we were there for almost two years. Um, We then got offered the opportunity to move to Ireland. Um, So we went over to Ireland, age 11. He opened the golf resort there, and then we moved back to Scotland when I was 13. and it probably wasn't until I moved back from Ireland that I really got into golf. Um, mm-hmm. I would say before then I was quite interested in other things, football and roller hockey and swimming and all mm-hmm. sorts. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't probably until I moved back to St. Andrews. Uh, St. Andrews is a pretty good junior program um, that's set up um, – all the way through sort of primary school going into secondary school um i think actually up until your age of 18 they've got a good junior program competitions coaching and so on um mm. so yeah okay so quite a, all quite right a did, long... you,
0: did you play any international golf when you were young did you get into
1: uh, or... yes yeah, so I, I i didn't care i play i was in all the sort of academy setups and so on um or well, until i was about 17. Um, and then I decided sort of, golf wasn't the avenue that I wanted to take. Actually, I was probably a little bit older. I was probably 18. Um, and, and that's when I decided that it wasn't what I kind of wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. As you know, I came out to South Africa um, first time in 2013. Um, mm-hmm. Came out for quite a while there. Um, got some good practice in during the winter months. Um, stayed, so with it,
0: stay, stayed with us at Silver Lakes.
1: Yeah, came to Silver Lakes and stayed you guys in Pretoria. Um, obviously, that was a great experience. Kind of, I've been away before, but get, that was kind of the furthest I've been away. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it was a great experience for me out there, uh, playing in that sort of heat and understanding how different grasses and so on um, can affect the game pretty much and how mm-hmm. you play. Um, Altitudes, obviously, you're pretty high up there and, in Pretoria and playing at 36, 37 degree heat as well. Obviously it has an impact on, on golf. Yeah, so. it's,
0: not, it's not like that today. It's about uh, 10 degrees today. has <laughs> arrived in South Africa today.
1: It's getting a bit like that here in Byron Bay, to be honest, it's getting a little bit chilly.
0: Okay, where is Byron Bay? Is that in Sydney?
1: Uh, no, so we're about eight hours north of Sydney, uh, okay. almost on the Queensland border. Uh, okay. So, still in New okay. South Wales, but close. Okay. All right, all, all right. right, and then uh, and then when did you when did you
0: consider the the, the golf course management side? Because I know you,
1: uh, you joined Wendy's program with
0: the R N A scholarship.
1: Yeah, so when I decided that golf wasn't really the avenue that I wanted to take, um, and kind of thought that I wasn't going to be good enough to make it, um, or prob- I probably didn't try hard enough to be honest. That's probably the the, the way it went. But um, yeah, I went to work for Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Uh, to com- to completely take my mind off it. Um, mm-hmm. As a, I, I worked there as a product specialist, and it did take my mind off it. But after a while, I did start missing it, and I was I was thinking of different ways to get back into it. Had a chat mm-hmm. with dad, and we thought the best option was to go and study. So study golf and management.
0: Dad, and is is dad listening? Is he here? I know your mum's on, but I don't know if you. Uh, I bet they're listening. He's got, better some, listening, funky. He's got better some funky. Listening I saw he's got some
1: funky uh, Instagram name. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he doesn't have a clue how to work it, I, I bet. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, so I went to work for Mercedes, and after a while, again, started missing it. So, um, yeah, I decided golf management was the, was the avenue I wanted to take. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it started. And then um, I was out in San Antonio for the golf industry show. Um, I didn't really know what I was going to be doing the summer of 2018. Um, so we were out there, and I was out talking to a few people, and one of my dad uh, dad's good friends, uh, Lee Stratt, um mm-hmm. who was the um, course manager, course superintendent at uh, RAC Club down in London, in, mm-hmm. down near London. Now is mm-hmm. over at Le Bois in France, a new okay. project over there. Um, We were having a discussion one day, and he decided that um, it would be a good opportunity for me to go out to Slovenia. Uh, Never heard of Slovenia before; it was completely new to me. Um, And one of his friends, Royal
0: Royal Bled, right?
1: Royal Bled, yeah. It's about an hour from Ljubljana, which is the capital of Slovenia. Um, it's, It's right beside Lake Bled, which is a pretty popular backpacker tourist destination. And um,
0: How Howard, Howard Swan
1: redesigned the golf course, right? So, yeah, he redesigned the golf course. The golf course was originally built um, in 1937, just before 1937. And um, it was designed by an unknown uh, Hungarian engineer. Uh, the okay. golf course was laid out by um, before the war and then completely left um, and then re-sort re- of vamped in the 70s. And then redesigned again by Howard Swan in 2017. So it was just kind of uh, redesigned before I got there. So um, Steve was doing the sort of growing, uh, just past the growing procedure, uh, you could Mm -hmm. say, of that. Um, And then, yeah, so he was part of that. that's
0: That's when I last saw you when you were just finishing up there. It was at the Open at Carnoustie.
1: Yeah, is that it? was at the Open. So I flew back, and that was actually with the RNA scholarship program. Um, okay. I came, came back with them um, and did yeah a week at the Open, going around all the media and inside the ropes and did some of the stuff with that, which is obviously a great experience. And that's one of the opportunities that the RNA scholarship has to offer, um, yeah, along okay. with many other things. Okay, and uh,
0: now you found yourself in Australia. Uh, what, what, what took you out there?
1: Um, so last summer, obviously after graduate and so on, I, I was humming and hiring what to do, was to go traveling for a few months around Asia and do the sort of usual backpacker thing, um, or yeah, try and find a job. Um, so I thought, why not try and do a bit of both? Um, which is when Australia came about and it was actually through Lee Strutt that, I then got out here, and um, he knew the assistant superten- superintendent of the Lakes Golf Club, uh, which is in Sydney, where they held the Aussie Open a few times, um, the last being, I think, in 2018. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I ended up out here, and I only planned to be out here for six months, um, and I was going to be home for a couple of days, and I was going straight out to America to do the Ohio State University program. Um yeah. so I was going out there. I was gonna be starting at a golf club called Chevy Chase, which is in Washington DC. Okay. Um and probably about a month into being in Australia, which a lot of people told me this would happen, um, is that I would love Australia and I wouldn't wanna wouldn't want to go anywhere. And that's that's what happened. Um so I've obviously emailed Michael Keith and I said, Mike, right now it's not the right time for me to do the programme. And you only get one year visa in Australia uh, once. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously an opportunity that I feel like I should take mm-hmm. um, and use the whole year. Even if I only work on a golf course for six months, I can then travel the other six months, which is what I wanted to do anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mike was happy with that. He said, listen, have known you for a, quite a long time now. I understand if, if that's what you want to do. I've got no nothing against you doing that can always come back to the program. You've got until the year about thirty um, to do the program. Then it gets a little bit sticky with the visa situations in the states. Um, so yeah. Yeah, we, yes. we've
0: had we've had both Mike and Wendy on on our little program here. So uh, yeah, Wendy's watching. Mike tends to pop in yeah. uh, from time to time. All right, so you, <laughs> and then you've experienced the. Um, the, the turbulent weather of Australia and all the different challenges that that brings, right? So the fires and the floods and the, uh, yeah. and the lack of water and all the, all the creepy crawlies?
1: Yeah, so first came the fires, and um, they came in probably around late November. Um, we started getting them really bad. Uh, it was about like 38, 39 degrees. You couldn't, visibility started to get bad. We started to get ash falling on the greens. Then after that, we started to get a drought. Uh, quite badly um, we were going a normal summer's day in Australia we were, on the lakes we were probably using about 1.5 megalitres a day I would say to water the golf course we then when all this happened we went into the drought the lakes that we used because um, we didn't have a borehole like the Australian Golf Club Bonnie Doon um, East Lakes next door um, mm-hmm. so we, we actually got our water from a big um, park uh, almost in the center of Sydney, called Centennial Park, the water mm-hmm. came down, filled our lakes up, and then we we filtered the water and used it through there. Um, so a million
0: right? It's a million liters, right?
1: Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. What? Yeah. One point five megaliters. Yeah. One point five million liters a day. Yeah. yeah um, okay. And then and then we went. Um, we, we stopped watering tees, fairways, approaches, and just started watering the greens, and that's mm-hmm. it. Um, so it got pretty scary at one point. We were probably down to almost about two or three weeks left of water before we had to completely – that was it. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the super Anthony Mills was getting a little bit little bit heated at that point. That would have been a pretty scary moment for him. Um, but, yeah, it's – I, I, I don't know if you
0: watched on Monday, but I had um... – uh
1: luke luke partridge on who's the course yes manly Manly. and are having a a
0: lot of rain now
1: yeah we are and actually in in about january time uh late january start of february it might have even been later than that we actually got um a lot of floodings um so just before the floods came we got an excavator in and we we dug down into the lakes and um sort of lifted the pipes up so there was no silt getting in the pipes uh, for the irrigation and then we got about 370 mil in just over three days. Mm. So, said, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, then it came down and we shut the golf course. Uh, the golf course had to be shut because then there was too much water line. Luckily, it's a sand-based golf course, um, so the, it, it does drain pretty well, um, which isn't too bad. Alright, good. So
0: now, um, in your career, uh, apart from your dad, have you, have you had any mentors?
1: But um, do you, do you rely on, yeah, I, I would say Lee Strutt would be pretty high up there just because he's helped me with the, the jobs that I've had. And I know if I called Lee, he'd be able to help me with almost anything. Um, and his wife, Sammy, we've known Sammy for a very long time through Bigger. Um, so yeah, she's like a second mum to me as well. So yeah, probably Lee, um, is. It's probably a mentor, that I would say. And it's very important as well to have a mentor. Yeah, but your dad is probably
0: your, your main man, eh? Or your mum? Yeah.
1: Yeah, mum probably, yeah. But yeah, dad's pretty good. I mean, if there was ever a question that I needed to ask, dad would, would pretty much know. He's been, been around in the industry for quite a long yeah. time. So,
0: Yeah, I saw him briefly at BTMI this year, but he was always too busy for me to talk to, or he's too busy to talk to me, maybe. And he gave, yeah, me, that's... Uh, he gave me an email afterwards to say, why didn't you stop? And I was like, well, you're, you're too busy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that seems to be it. You thought owning your own business, you might have a little bit more time, but I don't think that's the way at all. Okay, and these so...
0: exhibitions, Do you, you've been to the, uh, um, uh, uh, the G, uh, what's it called, GIS? The GIS yeah. America? And, the, yeah. and, B- and BTME?
1: Yeah, so obviously I used to go when, when I was a kid, um with the parents. Um I used to run around probably annoying people and now it's more on a professional basis. But um yeah, BTME GIS went to San Antonio in twenty eighteen um and been to BM BTME the last few years. Didn't get to go this year, which is unfortunate obviously because being out here it's a bit bit too far to travel back. Far, yeah. Well I did it. But
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um yeah. but yeah, it would have been nice because I had no road pricey. actually to yeah, had an award to collect this year as well, which would have been nice to pick up, but uh, Dad picked that one up for me, so it was all good. Okay.
0: All right, one of, the, one of the reasons for the guys uh, why uh, cameras on today is because he's still unsure about which direction he's gonna go in in the golf industry, and, and one, of the, one of the ideas of this program was to show how many options there are, even though we, we have a turf uh, academy down here in South Africa. Uh, it doesn't mean that the guys necessarily have to end up as a, as a as a golf course manager. There's lots of different options. So I'd like to ask Cameron, what uh, options does he have in the industry that you'd like to pursue? What are the options for you? And what um, what are you considering?
1: Uh... Yeah, so I, I would say when I get back from my travels, I don't know when that'll be or where I'm going to settle yet. Um, I'd love to stay in Australia. Um, but it would be going down the more operations events uh, club management side of things so more like how everything works rather than being in the green keeping side don't get me wrong i've loved the green keeping side and i'll continue to do that until i find exactly what i want to do uh you can travel the world from greenkeeping. i think it's a fantastic um mm. job to get into um and there's so many opportunities. It's such a small industry as well. Everyone knows everybody. But yeah. yeah, I think the director of golf, club management, operations side is where I want to end up, I'd say.
0: Um, All right. And, and, yeah. and have, you, have you got a, uh, a destination? You're not sure yet of where you want to be. It's one of, one of my next little questions, just, just to keep interrupting. But um, if anyone wants to ask Cameron anything, fire away. Uh, I've got I've got some uh, questions for you,
1: but one of my short questions later was uh, Australia or Scotland? It has to be Australia right now. Not gonna lie, it's pretty special Why right here. Why is that? Uh, just the weather, um, the weather, the people are friendly. Um, yeah, I just over here, just the lifestyle, and you're not that far away. I mean, FaceTime's so good nowadays. If I need anything. Call Mom and Dads, you know it's only a phone call away, so and they came, they came out here they came out here at Christmas for three weeks for uh, Christmas and New Year, and they loved yeah. it too. They, they could understand why I don't want to go home. Yeah and what is,
0: it, what is the lockdown uh, situation there?
1: Um, it's okay now. Um, it, we're going into stage one, I think, of the relaxing the measures. Um, so yeah, they've done pretty well. Uh, I think they've only had 102 deaths. Obviously, not not a good situation, but I think as well as it could have gone, they closed the borders pretty early on. Um, New Zealand's done very well as well. Um, but yeah, they're relaxing the borders now. They actually only stopped golf for about one, one or two days here. Um, they did have measures in place. I mean, I was just finishing up at the lakes um, when it all started, and we went to three days a week, 12-hour days. So there'll be two teams, and the other guys work Tuesday, Thursday, um, Sunday, and we worked Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So, uh, sorry, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and we worked Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and it seemed to work pretty well. Um, I mean, there was loads of things that I did on the golf course, removed the rakes, um, no ball washers, stuff like that. Um, it seemed to help. Um, mm-hmm. The members respected it. Um, so I think that's that worked out very well.
0: Yeah, we are in day sixty two of our, our lockdown. Golf has been closed now for sixty two days, so it's quite hectic and we, we we're we now not even any nearer getting getting let out um, than where we are. So we're in a we're in a fun, awkward situation.
1: And I don't I don't think it's a great I I don't think it was great them stopping golf as well. Um golf's great. You know, you on an average eighteen holes, you're walking about five and a half six miles. Mm. Great for your mental health, being out there in the fresh air. So I don't think them closing golf courses was the right idea, in my opinion. But we're stuck gonna? All right. So when you
0: when you talk about the event side of the industry, what 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 do you mean by that? Is that golf days, or what 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 are you referring to? There
1: more events, as in golf tournaments. Um. So the operations of golf tournaments, you know, the behind the scenes stuff of golf tournaments. That's more what I would, what I would like to do. Um, oh, like whether, on, the, on one of the tours? Yeah, whether that be with IMG. Um, they obviously run a lot with um, the European Tour, um, whether it's down that side or it is with the European Tour itself. I did do something with the European Tour and IMG um, at the Dunhill in 2018. Um, it was European Tour production, so it's part of the TV crew um which i enjoyed i did really enjoy that it was pretty cool to see like what happens behind the scenes and obviously the infrastructure and so on that goes into a golf event even somewhere something like the dunhill a tournament like the dunhill which isn't a massive event and um, pretty big money wise but not not on a scale of some of the events in dubai and so on um mm. so yeah that was that was pretty cool. um, not probably wouldn't go down that avenue um it'd probably be more about how the tournament's actually run itself um mm-hmm. from, from that side okay. and what are the other
0: options the other options are
1: coaching not coaching now um my days probably of of that are done i'd say um okay. i probably would have needed to go more down the pga route if i was doing that yeah okay yeah so it's so got
0: got the, the turf side of things allows you to become involved in the turf in the golf operations as well uh, yeah many of the many of the club managers around don't have a good turf background which i think is important to have um, yeah so you, you're coming from a good position if you've got a turf background and playing background
1: yeah and it's 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 not often found that you get many guys going from working on the golf course to then moving into the club management side um, mm. it's, it's now maybe coming a little bit more popular but mm. probably five to ten years ago it was it probably wasn't even heard of um, so yeah. yeah okay
0: and what advice would you give uh, the young guys entering the industry now
1: um to be honest i don't think there's a better time to be honest um, i think that the generation my dad's generation of superintendents are now going out of the industry Uh, moving on Um, so I feel in the next few years is a a really good good chance to get in and move your way up the ladder quite quickly Um, and also golf's becoming a lot more sustainable now obviously Wendy and Steve Isaac and so on in the RNA are doing great jobs um, in Asia and over this side as well in trying to get environmentalists and superintendents working together you know 10 years ago that was unheard of you wouldn't the, they they hated each other, but golf's becoming a lot more sustainable now. Um, right. In that in that regard, anyway. Sustainable in which way? Um, environmentally, you, yeah, environmentally, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. And they, and also for guys getting into the industry, opportunity to travel. Um, you know, it's so easy because it's such a small industry. You make a contact, with, let's say BTME or GIS, and. Mm-hmm. You get their contact details and if you do want to go somewhere, it's pretty pretty likely that that person would know somewhere to go in the world, you know, for you to work.
0: Okay, so what's your next step then?
1: Um, I'm, so I'm,
0: I'm going to be like your dad now. What, what are you, okay. you, you going to do?
1: Um, so my plan was to go um, from the lakes um, up to a golf course called Elliston, probably not probably not heard of it it's the other side of the Barrington Tops northwest of Sydney about five hours northwest and um, it's owned by the Packer family which own a lot of media and so on in Australia very very wealthy family um, and it was a, it's a Norman design golf course um, okay. and very very private you can't it's not a pay and play it's owned by the Packer mm. family so they have their friends come in and that's that's the way it goes so that was the plan Okay. Um, they, they had to shut their doors uh, due, to, due to COVID um, just because they didn't want anyone entering the resort. They wanted to keep it completely shut just in case the Packer family did turn up. And obviously, if, if, if one of them got it, then it would be a, a media frenzy. Um, so then came up to Byron Bay to kind of get away from it all um, whilst trying to find farm work. I'm trying to get my second year visa. Um, and you need 88 days of regional work to get that, um, which Elliston counted as that because it was in a regional area. Um, so yeah, we, we've been stuck in Byron now for seven weeks, uh, and it's not the worst place to be stuck in the world. But obviously, when you've not got a job, um, it's it's not great. Um, so yeah, we're just trying to find regional work now, and if we can't get that, we'll go over to New Zealand. Um, I can get some contacts for golf courses there. Fairly easy, I think, so um, head over there. and There's plenty of good golf courses over there, Cape Kidnappers, Tahiti, all those golf courses over there, great courses. So,
0: so. so for a British passport holder, getting into Australia isn't that easy?
1: Um, it's, it's fairly easy to get your first-year visa. If you're in between the age of 18 and 30, you get a one-year visa. Um, mm. To get your second year, you do need to get that 88 days um and to get sponsored fairly difficult as well so what is the 88 yeah. days does the 88 days mean um so you need to work on either a farm or in a regional place for 88 days on a farm a farm or um yeah in a regional regional area to so it's like you're giving back to the country so then they can give you your second year visa is the way it works uh, uh, okay
0: so you, so you, you work, p- f- work free of charge
1: no no it's, it's usually paid um but right now obviously everyone's trying to find that farm work because they can't their job in the city or whatever's been been lost so everyone's trying to get out to those rural communities now to to get farm work okay. which is proven difficult for all right for so one
0: of your one of your buddies earlier said don't you fancy coming back to
1: the castle chris dixon yeah uh, chris is a, a senior greenkeeper at the castle course there in st andrew so i worked at the castle last summer um, under John Wood um, I, I did some volunteer work there when I was still studying and um, they were doing a new pattern green up beside the first tee so I went up and helped a couple of days a week up there and John came to me and, and offered me a job um, mm-hmm. for the summer um, mm-hmm. whilst I was kind of deciding what I wanted to do uh, which was a great opportunity, to, you'll learn probably more in St Andrews than you probably would anywhere else in the world um, and uh, under a guy like john wood as well that's the thing that i think that's very important for young guys coming into the industry is who they actually work for you know i've worked Mm -hmm. for three superintendents now which are very very well known in the industry and i feel like that's beneficial um especially in terms of references going on to other places if they write you a reference um, and it's coming from a a fairly well-known name then it it does help i'd say Mm, definitely I yeah, I mean,
0: one of the one of the uh, outcomes of these interview series it wasn't really the intention, but it's the network that was built up for uh, for the academy and therefore the students. Uh, yeah. it's been it's been amazing. I mean, next week um, because I I wanted to get uh, you and then Justin Harrison on is also. Like, uh,
1: did you know Justin? I never met Justin. No, uh, uh, I think so he's, he's he's gone. I think he's done the Ohio state program I think as well Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah.
0: Justin uh, Justin did uh, Robert Trent Jones golf course in Virginia and then he went to the US Open at Shinnecock and then he went down to uh, uh, Sawgrass did the Players Championship and he's now at the top course in Cape Town but anyway he's coming on tomorrow but in between so it's good to give you guys some exposure but next week I've got uh, some of the top guys I would say in the world I mean Alejandro Reyes is coming on um, Pete yep. Vent, who's the core superintendent at Congressional Country Clubs coming on. Uh, yep. Darren, Darren, the head Groundsman for Tottenham Hotspur. Um, and um, uh, Carmen Magro. Carmen Magro, you all know. Right, okay. yeah. Who's po- the Pogo man. So it's good yeah. to, go, good to get, create these networks so that you guys can uh, keep your options open all the time. Yeah, exactly, and, uh, yeah. And through the turf industry, you can also get into football. So those footballers who are Keen on the. Uh, I mean, Robert. There's a guy in our program now who's the South African lawn bowls champion. He wants to look after those uh, those types of surfaces. So, uh, never mind golf. There's also other sports too.
1: Yeah, there's so many different options in this industry. That's for sure. Um, you don't mm-hmm. need to be set in one one side of it. That's, that's yeah. for sure.
0: All right, Cameron. Um, the guy. If the guys want to contact you, what's your uh, Twitter stuff and your uh, your social media? If they want to get some.
1: Point is from it? Yeah, so probably Twitter mainly for um, this kind of stuff, but it's um, at CJ Campbell underscore 12. So, okay. And, and, and yeah. this one is Cam, Cam yeah.
0: Campbell
1: 1996. Ni- I guess that's your birthday. No, uh, CJCampbell underscore 96. Yeah. Mm. This is okay. more of a personal account, though, so you won't uh, get many turf t- things on here, I don't think. Maybe a lot okay. of sunset sunsets, but... Right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Cameron.
0: Good to chat to you again. uh Yeah, keep, no worries. Uh, ho- hopefully, you get a job soon and uh, you carry on your career. Let's keep in touch. Thanks very with me. much. All right, Cameron. yeah. Cheers, Andrew. Right. Take care. Thanks. Mate. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Bye, bye bye. Bye. Thanks very much for listening today. I hope you really enjoyed the interview. If you need any more information from African Turf Academy, please visit our website, africanturfacademy.com. We have our online platform and our full-time academy based in South Africa. And we really look forward to seeing you in the future.